Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Um, hope you're well. I have just got back from holiday, which is why there wasn't an episode last week. Jenny and I were off to America. Um, if you didn't see, I went some I went snowboarding in my pants. So go check out the Instagram page to watch me slide down a hill in my bamboo pants. Um, I don't know. Not a lot else to say, really. Hopefully you're all enjoying the last few episodes with Sally and Kay and Jamie, etc. I thought there were a few good episodes. Today's episode is with a freediver. As some of you know, I am well into my freediving. I'm fascinated by it. I practice my breath work regularly. So this episode goes into breathing, um, but also into mental health an awful lot. Helena, who is today's guest, has struggled with mental health, has struggled with suicidal ideations and the like. And we dive into all of that. So if your mental health is something uh, that you've struggled with, then of course, do make sure you try to reach out to somebody. Um, Helena talks about her experience with being able to talk to her GP and finding help before it was too late. So hopefully this is a, a story of maybe a little bit of hope and inspiration and also a lot of talk about diving so hopefully you will enjoy it make sure you check in next week um not next week in a fortnight obviously we're doing fortnightly um i have mark walsh who is an embodiment um coach and also sort of well he's one of, he's many many things he's a funny guy as well so that's a great episode for a fortnight's time but in the meantime enjoy this episode and i'll see you all very soon So. Me too. My <laughs> wife it irritates the shit out of my wife, but there we go. Welcome back, everybody. We were just chatting there, and obviously we were just mentioning the fact that I can talk for England. Um, and as can uh today's guest, it would seem. So um, hope everyone's had a wonderful week. Uh, I'm gonna pass you straight over to today's guest to introduce herself, and then we will uh we'll get ourselves started. So good afternoon, Helena. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Um, thank you for handing over to me. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Um, my pleasure. My introduction of myself, I pronounce it Helena. Helena. Um, and surname is Bordillon, which is just easier to go with a Helena. Um, <laughs> I am a breath trainer, a free diver, and a mental health advocate. Um, I, I think you came across me on Instagram. Um, I did. Was that through breathing? Was it through freediving? I literally don't know. I I think it's the freediving yeah, because I think I was, I think you came up, I can't remember why, but I was very much, um, I still do very much just love seeing beautiful pictures of people underwater holding their breath. And I think you've, you, oh, you've got so many beautiful photos and I think one of them came up and I, or now I say that I think it was a video clip of you maybe breaking one of your records and I saw you were English and I kind of clicked on it and follow and you know and I and I had a little look through your stuff and I think that might have been where I saw it now I think about it I can't quite remember but yes basically Instagram so yeah. um so you're a freediver 
I am a free diver, and for those who don't know what it is, it's quite simply breath hold diving. Uh, if you've ever been in a swimming pool or in the sea and gone under the surface and held your breath to see how long you could do it, don't advise you to do it by yourself. Um, you are effectively a free diver, and we all um, there's a theory that goes around that I kind of subscribe to. Um, when when you're in utero in the womb, you're surrounded by water. You're not breathing. You know it's very comfortable. And actually, I find doing my warm up dives is quite a lot like that. I'm I'm floating it, or I'm yeah, I'm floating at a shallow ish depth and just really relaxing in the water and uh, yeah feels very safe and comfortable but anyway we've all pretty much tried free diving I take it to a little bit more extreme levels where I do tend to compete sometimes haven't done for a few years but hoping to get back to it this year so but you've done Amazing. some free diving as well haven't you I have not enough um, I have spent 10 days basically free diving out in um, Cyprus with um, Pavlos, who's like the, he's the essentially the Cypriot champ, you know, record holder. Um, and he runs the Ada courses out there. Um, but yeah, so I spent 10 days and I managed to, or like eight days, I think it was, and I managed to dive to like 24 and a half meters. Um, and in the pool, I did 75 meters. And then, um, yeah, I think my static time was at the time was about 340 or something like that. That's um, not bad for a beginner. No. Well, I mean, I do. I mean, I spend a lot of time lying on my sofa first thing in the morning and just holding my breath. So my static dry time is like five 37 or something now so that's longer um, than my my in the water static but i, <laughs> then I but don't I enjoy it at all i don't train it no i mean i definitely think there's you people enjoy it then i actually found that holding my breath in water when i was out there was a shorter time than it was out of water so actually i find it that's i found it easier holding quite my breath. contrary <laughs> i know it makes no sense but that's it's probably because you're so used to practicing it dry Yes, you're I think not so. as relaxed and comfortable in the water give it another 10 days in the water and you might find your you're smashing six minutes easily well i mean i just need to find somewhere to go and do it now but there we go <laughs> um so we're going to come back to free diving in a bit because yep. i love it i and we're going to go into some of the reasons why i love it and i think it's why you probably love it because um i think it's why most people probably love it but I want to go into potentially more of the mental health side first, yep. because I kind of feel that, you know, this is the, let's say the heavy bit, but also I feel it's probably the most important bit, but it, it's also the bit which probably has led you to the free diving to a certain degree anyway. It was an interesting story because um, I, I talk very openly about my mental health and that came about in 2017 when I suddenly realized I was very happy to talk about my own journey uh, mm -hmm. and I what what I talk about was in uh, 2000 early 2000 I was in a I was at rock bottom I was absolutely mm -hmm. desperate and I was preparing to commit suicide um, somehow from somewhere I managed to find the strength to ask for help to just reach out and it was actually to a complete stranger it was to my GP um, and bless him 
he heard the desperation and you know he he took me under his wing even in in just that one visit he kind of took me under his wing and yeah over a very long and bumpy road I kind of um I got off rock bottom I wasn't doing amazingly um but I, I at least wasn't planning my suicide anymore and I I fell into meditation I was introduced mm-hmm. to kind of Buddhism uh, and happened to fall into meditation which was great because that really helped take the blinkers off uh, okay. because I, I find with depression I get so insular and I can't okay. see beyond my own eyelashes quite frankly and I yeah. suddenly it suddenly opened me up and, and while it doesn't sound very nice thing to say I suddenly realized I wasn't the only one hurting okay and, that created some sort of sense of community of I'm not actually alone. I wasn't happy that other people were hurting, but it was, it was, it was the fact that I wasn't alone and there were many, many other people. And some of them were actually possibly hurting more than me, but that wasn't a detail really that is of relevance. Cause if someone's got to that stage where they're that desperate, it doesn't, it does matter what got them there, but in that initial instant, that's irrelevant. You you've got to help them out of that situation. Absolutely. So um, found Buddhism. I was recommended a therapist who I've actually been working with on and off since. Mm-hmm. She is fantastic. When I'm in the UK, I I go down and see her. She's the other side of London. Um, and you know we've been working for many many years. And and the difference is. And we've been working on and off, I think for 17 years we worked out recently. The difference is now with the work that I'm doing that is dealing with stuff from way back when. Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely could not have done this work 5, 10, 15 years ago at all. I was not ready for it. In that time, I've learned to help myself out of the black hole with other yeah. people's help and and sort of maintain myself out of there. Now I still have larger roller coaster moments than I would like. Yeah. But I know how to handle them. I'm better at better tools. kind of leveling them back out these days rather than just oh my god the world's coming to an end again. Um so and I talk about it very openly. I I did a film in 2018 on it which may have been the clip that you saw there was a bit about competition diving Mm -hmm. and um yeah it it was it's not a very long film it's only about six minutes and uh i i i do show that quite a lot when i do public speaking events yeah i do show that a lot because i think people connect with it quite well and actually we just um we did another film in Mexico, which was amazing. pretty amazing. Yeah, right. In, um, Sounds rough. <laughs> in November, which this time actually had kind of live free diving footage rather than than just uh, um competition footage from prior. And yeah. it's a very different sort of film. It's very it's very beautiful because obviously the scenery and and the guys filming have actually made me look like I know what I'm doing underwater, which is lovely. Um, and it's very beautiful. And it, it tells the story in, in a slightly different way. It, it's calmer. Yeah. Uh, with the other one had a little bit of a kind of shock value, um, yeah. slightly. Um, this one's a lot calmer, but still has that, you know, it's very... Every time I've seen, I haven't seen the final cut yet. I'm hoping to see it before it's submitted. <laughs> it's um, 
is is it still pulls on the heartstrings because it's still very emotional. I mean, it's my story. It's always going to be emotional to me. But I think it's so important to talk about this stuff because it helps people realize that they aren't alone and it's shit. It's utterly shit for an awful lot of people out there. And the more people kind of hear that, the more they can go, oh, I feel shit. Do you feel shit? Oh, let's have a mm. conversation about it. And suddenly you're airing things. You're letting a little bit of steam out of the pressure cooker. And then it just becomes that little bit easier. And it eats the incremental little steps, little thing at a time. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a little bit like that, um, that kind of, you know, progress, you know, meme type thing. Progress is never linear like that. It's kind of this, but it's always exactly. kind of just tiny, you know, just like, you know, very step at a time going up. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of, it's quite interesting coming from where you were there, like as a, being a nurse and finding, you know, seeing a lot of these people in A&E and that I see, um, you know, it's, it's so hard seeing sometimes some of these mental health and you know and I'll be honest as nurses there's definitely to a certain degree when you start seeing the same people over and over again in A&E there's definitely a slightly um head banging against the wall kind of oh god they're back again type feeling which is horrendous but you know might but might as well be honest about it but like well exactly and you know and in stressful situations those you know it's, it's difficult but those people when you actually start talking to them you know really what they want is to be able to like talk and unload and like have someone hear them yeah and you know it's quite interesting from my perspective of working with some of the clients I've worked with and this is you know we, we won't leave mental health just yet but it kind of ties in with the breathing side of things I've kind of found that a lot of these clients who come to see me who have been seeing therapists for a long period of time yeah the breath work that we then end up doing of like being able to get them to notice when things are beginning to peak or trough or you know there's a change within their breathing that actually it can help them they can be unloaded let's say at a session they can begin to see how things work but then it also with the breathing side of it coming in can allow them to have another tool which kind of goes oh actually this is the start of me heading towards that awkward uncomfortable like I can't get out of this headspace place and actually I know the more I've kind of worked on my breathing the more you know I've deliberately put myself into discomfort because of breathing I can actually see that's the same sensation that I get later on down this line and maybe if i can begin to find a window of tolerance around this thing then maybe it can help me further down the line absolutely and the it's that awareness that you're you're repeating it and you're noticing it every time Mm. that you know for for your clients and for anyone once they they suddenly start noticing oh the breathing's changed and i know the route that this takes me to and i don't like it you get you get that chance you get that breather that space to actually change and kind of take back control of what's going on in your body hopefully and and calm the mind and yeah have a very very different outcome um I'm I I come from a medical family and when Mm -hmm. I started the breath work I knew if 
I knew I wanted to go the route of the, the medically backed studies yes. and science because I would have been laughed out of town if I didn't. And, yeah. and it's always been my bent anyway. I'm always much more orientated towards the sciences. So yeah, myself um, too. it's, I can't remember what I was going to say now. There was an amazing point there. And I just talked <laughs> myself about, out of it. Brilliant. Just about how, probably just how the science back kind of papers of, uh, um, towards the mental health sides of things. Yeah. Um, no, gone. The I'll come back to you in a minute. You know. But um, so with that then, because obviously the science side of things, you've, I assume, because you're a potato um practitioner so did you practice with Patrick have you did you train with Patrick? Uh, no, well yes I did the training with Patrick um I gathered I gathered a lot of knowledge from a lot of places yeah. um and obviously as you appreciate the more you work with different people the more things you pick up the more you read you know there's there's a wealth of knowledge scientifically backed just on Instagram for starters um, yeah. people sort of promoting bits and pieces so there's a massive amount of information it's not just all under one roof um i i base most of my breath work around the butane yeah. method but i use a lot of nuggets swiped from other places as well and um yeah my father who's 81 i i kind of started him doing a program i mean when I first started this five years ago, he sort of turned around and said, I don't know why you're bothering to do is a waste of time. And I dropped the odd nugget into the conversation. And then about a year later, he went, and he's been doing his own hit classes in the morning, seven minute <laughs> hit classes for 35 years. Amazing. He's one now. And um, he turned around to me about a year and a half ago and said, the number of repetitions that he's doing of his press-ups and his sit-ups and mm -hmm. things is back to how it was 15 years earlier wow there you go he's breathing through the nose i've even got him doing lighter breathing and breath hold stuff as well Amazing. while he's exercising he's my he's my best student to be fair oh, yeah. I mean, um, and he's 81 and that's um, i mean that just goes show doesn't it because um you know, I've I've worked with a few like high end athletes, yeah. but like, you know, even those high end athletes, when you actually work with them and then you introduce the breathing, like it, it doesn't matter whether you're 81 or whether you're a high end athlete, exactly. pretty much every single person, unless you have deliberately dedicated some time towards the breath, yeah. you can always improve absolutely always improvements to be made and you know and that goes for like your dad or like the athletes like for your performance and your physical side thing but absolutely towards like mental health side too yep. physical emotional mental you know performance focus across the board not to mention yeah. what's going on in a cellular level and how breathing correctly is actually helping us live longer feel better absolutely i mean being in you know again it working just goes in ADI, on and on i see all these patients who are in there and they're all you know mouth breathing i mean you can walk through the majors department so the ambulance you know where the ambulance is coming to you can walk through there and out of the 12 beds you can almost guarantee like 10 or 11 of them are all yeah. mouth slung open and you know when you do their blood gases they're all kind of alkalotic they're all yeah. um you know blown off all their co2 etc etc yeah. 
and actually just being able to get some of those people to to try to bring the breathing back into the nose to close the mouth just to just to focus a little bit every time they see someone walk past go right i need to breathe through my nose breathe through my nose and you know i've had patients who whether like asthmatics or copds or stress anxiety chest pain through panic attacks who have all managed to calm themselves and find much more comfortable places purely through the act of understanding and noticing their breathing yeah and in a short space of time as well making such an such an enormous difference in such a short space of time i get very um I have to hold my tongue because not everyone has asked for my advice and yet the urge to yell at people when I'm walking on Hampstead Heath and they're running. Yep. Shut oh, t- tell me about it. I'm, I mean, I'm the worst. Oh, well, I'm not. I mean, I do manage to keep to myself, but I say to my wife through my breathing and through the movement therapy sides of things where I kind of am watching how people are walking and seeing a foot turnout or, mm. you know, seeing a, a chest which only likes to bend one direction. I'm just like, doesn't like his left leg can't bend his spine Amazing. head doesn't move look at that mouth slung open oh god and you're like just shut up don't no Go one if, nice walk just yeah <laughs> if they wanted to know then maybe they'd come and see me um but, the thing but is, yeah they don't know that they need to know this so i That's still exactly have it. this urge to yell at them <laughs> but it's kind of one of those things isn't it because i kind of feel i found like on the social media i kind of get fed up with it really but you know I feel like I I shout this stuff at the world and it just goes on, falls on deaf ears. But then, you know, you get the odd person here and there who then ends up saying, that that was amazing, it was fascinating, that's kind of changed. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. t- mouth taping at night. Yeah. I mean, I do it every night. Um, and I still get every now and again, you know, and I've said it so many times and I think, I can't post about that again because I've done it so many, but you, you do it and then someone yeah. goes, Oh, I tried that last night and I had the best night's sleep I've had in years. And you kind of like. Absolutely worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're crazy. Very, but... You're very good at doing all those sorts of posts oh, and things. I'm a bit. I, I get. Know. I get. I get. Bogged yeah, but you've, got beautiful photos photos you've got beautiful photos. You've got beautiful photos. I'm. Yeah. I should be appealing to those. The well, the, here's the thing: the the free diving audience. A lot of them know how to relax, mm. but actually, hi. Mm, can I really get myself in hot water for saying this? But I think an awful lot of them can improve their breathing massively. I, I yeah I mean I so I have uh don't have a huge experience obviously so I was in Cyprus but then I've also done a little bit in Cornwall with um one of my friends type thing but you know and I was talking to her and she ends up diving with lots of spear fishermen basically like you know that's kind of the the biggest thing on the coast down there is like the, the spear fishing community is pretty big and she said she is fascinated by so this is Amy. She's fascinated by all my stuff. And she wanted to try and organize some like some online breathing sessions with all of these yep. spear fishermen. And they were like, nah, nah, don't need that. Find that. And um, she's like, oh my God, that you know, it would be so beneficial and they could really get something out of it. But they just, you know, don't want to basically. And I oh, again, I really am stepping out on a limb. Um 
Do it. Free divers, you know, they do a level one, they do a level two, they do some nice relaxed breathing. They they start learning how to relax and they realize, oh, I can I can re- obviously relax way more than I ever thought I could do. Yeah. And they're, they're partially doing it with their breathing. But, you know, it's the everyday stuff that can actually enhance everything so much if you start doing it every day and just the little stuff and just making it how you breathe the entire time um that's how you walk around the supermarket that's what's gonna make the massive massive difference when it gets to you lying down and you doing your relaxation yes well Um, that's what i feel like with my breath hold work so i mean i've you know i would love to be in Cyprus or somewhere like Croatia or somewhere hot and sunny and beautiful with amazing dives and stuff, but I'm not, I'm in Suffolk. So, um, you know, the North it sea is not, I mean, the North sea, the North sea is not ideal for diving. Um, but you know, and this is what I try to get across to any of my clients who come to see me is actually, you don't have to be able to hold your breath for six minutes. It's fucking pointless and ridiculous for most people, but I haven't got to that really through breath hold practice yes I do do apnea practices but it really I've got to that stage by spending my life breathing light and slow and deep and just and and you know I walk around the supermarket and I will do little breath holds while I'm walking or you know I will just practice breathing as little as I can for my dog walk or whatever it is and actually trying to get people to realize that and again this definitely goes towards mental health I've found but like you can do little bits and focus on that one thing excuse me, while you're out walking and you don't have to have a dedicated practice. You just have to have an awareness and actually how much that brings you into your own body can then have a knock on effect for how you are in your own brain. Yeah, no, completely. Um, it, it, does, it, it certainly gives me that breaker between me being normal and me being absolutely yeah extreme um and and as you say it's such a it is such a simple thing to do and yeah there are a few little there are different things you can play with but Mm. in essence it 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 affects every single quarter of our lives in huge huge ways and you know why why aren't we teaching children this you know why is this not standard curriculum at school when i was at school it was still oxygen's good carbon dioxide's bad That's yeah yeah i mean i think it would probably still be like that at school now i mean I have a sneaky suspicion it may well be and 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 nitric oxide no one knows what, is. what that is but then Absolutely. to be fair, nobody knew what that was until the 90s. So, you know, very, that's very true. And I guess uh, education probably takes a little while to catch up. But, yes. um, you know, I kind of, from my perspective of, I mean, I am currently trying to put bits together and I've had a few teachers reach out to me and say, because I've done a few days in, in schools where I've kind of gone and taught breathwork to a group of 15-year-olds or something. But, I mean... It doesn't work with a random person coming in for three hours, like because the kids don't trust you type thing. So, you know, what I'm trying to put together in my head and I've just been writing a thing about it, but like to send into these teachers is actually I should come and teach you guys because actually you're all probably stressed to shit anyway. And actually 
teach the teachers to understand the very basics of it and and how they can then put it perhaps into the very beginning of their class because I've said this a few times on the podcast but Matt Dewar who I did a podcast with ages ago he he works in schools with breath work you know with breathing and stuff like that and he did a bit of a you know n equals one type experiment with this kid and basically got them to hyperventilate and then read a passage and then essentially recount what they just read and what it was about yeah and they didn't have a clue it was just like they'd read it but none of it had gone in and then they did this he did the same but basically got them to down shift to breathe slow but got them to reread it and they read it a treat and you know and they could remember what they'd said and you're like well if you could get teachers and again this ends up having to go probably from the youngest age of kids i guess Because as they get to teenagers, they're probably going to scoff at it and not want to do it. But like if you could get it so that kids at the beginning of every lesson did three or four minutes of slow breathing, like that could have a massive effect on their general physiological understanding of themselves. And learning. And learning. And, And how many kids at the moment are stressed out of their brain coming up to exams. And like, you know, I've got friends or kids who are, you know absolutely terrified of walking into an exam hall and like near enough having panic attacks and you're kind of like too young this should this should be where there's been an education of what your body's doing and how you know you've without realizing it ended up hyperventilating and panicking and you're not getting oxygen to your brain blah, blah 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 um and you know that those kids could could have so many more tools yeah it's very interesting because I do go into schools and I Mm. and I and businesses as well and I it's it's geared around the mental health and I talk about the free diving because it's a a beautiful entree into mental health and and coming back to what you said what you were asking me at the beginning how free diving um intersected with mental health for me I didn't find free diving until 2011 so I was well on my way to improvement by that stage yeah um and when I when I did my first dive I was like the, this is what I've always been looking for this peace and calm and quiet so and how old I, were you then sorry I was 39 39 so yeah, ne- never want so, to walk the standard uh working career path but doesn't but doesn't that say something though of like at 39 you managed to still find something which we'll go into but you've broken records of you've kind of you've I mean if like I say I'll put be putting your Instagram on on the feed so people can see it but like it's like stunning and maybe freediving isn't for everyone I know a lot of people panic about it and stuff but um but yeah that first dive go into that a bit more um I had I was always a water baby um mm-hmm. as a child I'd turn around and say I'd rather swim somewhere than walk you know even if it wasn't even possible I I <laughs> the idea of me actually stepping one foot in front of another just didn't compute in my brain I was I, I'm a fish I want to swim <laughs> um and I did scuba I was lucky enough to do some scuba as a teenager right and then um I was away traveling. I was going off to Thailand, traveling with a friend who wanted to do their scuba. And I sort of said, find me a school that does free diving. I'd watched the big blue uh, yeah. back in, in 1990. 
happens for the days um on a on a kind of rainy rainy exactly rainy sunday afternoon in the common room i was at boarding school and i remember it very clearly just thinking wow that's really Mm. cool um but it took me 24 years to get around to trying it and i wasn't (laughs) i wasn't trying the actual discipline that they do in the film but um I yeah my first dive I came up from it and I had an instructor and an assistant instructor and they both kind of looked slightly terrified at me and like are you, are you okay and I was just like I'm, I'm home this is hmm. what I was looking for every scuba dive uh, I would do exactly what you're not supposed to do and I would breathe really slowly but hold my breath in between because I didn't okay. like the noise of all the bubbles I didn't like all the clunky <sighs> equipment so when I had this first dive of Three meters for yeah. 15 seconds you know we are not talking a big dive no and it was just intensely blue and you know, mm. the water was where was that me. it was in it was in um Koh Tao in thailand and and okay. the depth was probably about eight meters you know I, I couldn't go very far and and there was sand that i could see but it was just i was suddenly brought into the now kind of like like I'd stuck my fingers in the socket, but in a really nice way. And I was Amazing. I was just there in that instance. The voice in my head complaining about the person I was traveling with, you know, all that kind <laughs> of stuff. Just it just disappeared. And I was like relief mm. at the peace and quiet and and beauty. And I was just like, oh my God, this this, this is, is it. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of, it's one of those things of uh, the amount of people who, when I was free diving in Cyprus and then I came home or, you know, online and stuff, they're like, you're insane. That's mental. What are you doing? That's like terrifying. Why are you doing that? And I was like, and I was like, but you have no choice but to be serene, essentially. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. It's like the strangest thing of like, it should be terrifying, i.e. I'm holding my breath and I'm diving essentially vertically down and yet because you know it's that it's like I don't know and maybe this goes back to that kind of mammalian dive reflex you know like the fact that we came from water I don't know but I I've never well I've maybe had one experience of meditation which kind of came close to the piece and I've meditated a lot like when I was in India I spent you know, every day, hours and hours at a time meditating. And I never, I never got the quiet and the peace that I got pretty much, not every dive, but majority of the times I dived. One of the gifts without sounding too naff that free diving gives is um, it allows us to challenge what we think we're capable of. Mm. If you dive right um first rule of free diving being never do a breath hold near water by yourself second rule dive with a buddy who can look after you and you can look after that Uh, and and as you progress to depth you do it slowly when your body and mind are ready together now if you do that sensibly and slowly um you get this opportunity to actually view this kind of let's call it a picket fence, a boundary of what you think you're capable of. And you yeah. get to go, oh, does that, yeah. that stay wobble it. a little bit? And oh, yeah. yes, it does. And I can go a metre deeper than I thought. And, you know, when you're, when you're down at 10 metres, 
and you're hanging, holding onto the line, and you look up at the surface of the water, and you're just like, this is stunning. Yeah. I'm not panicking because I know I yeah. can go back. It's just a few pulls. I'm yeah. perfectly safe. I'm relaxed. I'm in control. That confidence that that gives yeah. you, then you take yeah. it to dry land where you're breathing at the same time. Oh, my God. Yeah. There aren't many other sports, I think, that in such a gentle, wholesome way, ironically considering that it's considered such an extreme sport, that it gives you that gift if you mm. let it. Um, yeah. it's, it's really magical. I do. I call it the extreme sport of relaxation. I like that. That's a really good start. Most of the time. Absolutely. And especially, I mean, I only really um, managed to find like the, the free fall, like maybe a, the last couple of dives yeah. type thing. Um, Cause it was in Cyprus that, you know, the therm climb was at like 19 meters or something. Um, and I only did a couple of dives kind of much better. And it was, it kind of kicked in around like, 18 19 meters and anyway so i was kind of diving and it, like in case people don't know like there's different le levels of buoyancy in the water so there's like um like negative buoyancy and positive and then there's a little bit where you kind of can float around and cool. yeah. Uh, yeah and like that on the feeling surface, of just to explain for everyone on the surface you're positively buoyant uh, especially if you're wearing a wetsuit which will hold you up which means you can relax more and be as comfortable as possible in the water and using you know breathing as quietly and calming down everything then you have the, the uh, neutral buoyancy where if you go down to that you can hold because you we're always diving on a line attached to a line you can hold the line between two fingers and just float in the water column you're not going up or going down and then there's the negative buoyancy which is with what you're talking about for the free fall where over to you well yeah so basically you just you kind of cross this bit and then you can just do nothing and yet you descend down so i managed to get i probably just you know two or three maybe four meters of like free fall and that's the I mean, I was kind of, I was comfortable, but I was definitely starting to get to my limit then. But like, it's the weirdest, like, like internally smiling feeling of like, I'm literally doing nothing and I'm just falling. Flying underwater. Just, just flying, exactly flying underwater. Yeah. And then, you know, for me, again. Until the that, brain goes, we've got to come back, at which point and, it's, what the hell? <laughs> exactly and then the weird thing is i mean i don't know whether this i never really asked um anybody out there i guess but like for me i would as soon as i flipped my head so i was then upright again so so i was no longer head down i came up yeah. it's like my entire brain went now you're fine mate you're fine like probably not enough that i could then turn around and go back but the feeling yeah, of yeah, yeah. No, no. But the feeling of like going down, I just, you know, I would get that feeling of like, no, you're done now. Yeah. And then I would kind of come back. Well, well done you for listening to that, because there are as a beginner and the excitement of it all, you, it's easy to go deeper than you should do faster. And, you know, you and, and so that's really wrong. cool. And I wanted, don't get me wrong, like the ego obviously oh, right. wanted to, to to hit 25 meters. Do you know what I mean? Like I got 24.4 or something. And it, in my head, I was like, I should have fucking gone for 25. But like I got to that point and I was like, nah, nah. But you know what? 
it's it's not like getting older where age seven you're seven and three quarters yeah um you, you don't start off as a free diver and go i did 19.8 so that's a 20 meter dive i'm still doing that now and this is i'm coming into my uh Oh no, wait, I started free diving 2013. I got that wrong. Do that. Yeah. So I'm coming into my 10th year of free diving. Okay. And I, oh, yeah, I'm still like, oh, I did 0.9. That must yeah, be yeah. rounding it up to the next <laughs> meet. <laughs> so we, yeah, that always happens. We're, yeah. But yes. it was just, it's almost like my head going up. It's like my, my lungs just suddenly felt like, oh, the air's in the right, in the right direction now. And then, you know, and I could, you know, I would just quite comfortably just like, find that rope and guide myself back up and um yeah but it's you know I, I don't know I guess there's going to be people who have like who do get the fear in that situation and it's probably not for them but it's well, just something I, I didn't get I genuinely think it's actually a sport for everyone um okay. I get that some people are terrified of water and I would actually urge them to take swimming lessons to get over that because it's it's such an inspiration powering sport swimming anyway just being able to control your body in in mm. water and obviously not talking about a storm in the ocean or anything remotely dangerous um but just in in a swimming pool to be able to swim is is such an empowering thing and i really i would love for everyone to naturally learn to swim um but free diving and it's i mean it offers so much and if you go to it slowly and you progress by one meter and you feel comfortable physically and mentally, because it's not, it's not just a physical sport, you mentally have to be prepared for it. If you aren't prepared and relaxed and calm, your body will tense up and you're, you're playing with pressures. The deeper you go, the more pressure your body is subjected to. And if yeah. you have tension there, rather than being all nice and soft and squishy so your your air spaces can adapt and become smaller if there's tension there you end up tearing things and then it becomes an incredibly dangerous sport yeah. so you go to it gently slowly one meter at a time enjoy properly enjoying the process and i have to keep reminding myself of this it's not the mythical number at the end of the line it's actually each dive you do you want to enjoy each dive and so that you never feel that I mean I, I train specifically so when I'm diving deep and I get to the bottom I take my tag um, I never panic mm -hmm. there's never any panic and I dive I just turn okay now we go back up and I set off and I'm calm, I'm relaxed, I'm focused on exactly what I need to do. So you, you, sorry, you talk there about like deep diving. So what are you talking deep diving? What's your, cause you've obviously set a few like British records. Uh, yeah. A few years ago, uh, back, in, <laughs> back in the good old days before the pandemic in 2000. Yeah. Ruined everything. Yeah. I haven't competed for a while. Um, I was doing 76 meters down about 76 meters so that is approximately uh 210 25. feet in a modern building yeah this block each floor is three meters right it's 25 stories think about I mean, that and down that in a lift it's pretty big which i don't tend to because i think about that and i go what am i doing i'm an absolute yeah. lunatic so i i can <laughs> I, I tend to think of it in terms of kind of 
horizontal measurements rather than that's crazy actually when you say that isn't it and you think 25 mm-hmm. stories what How i mean often do you go up 25 stories not right i mean i at the hospital do i'll sometimes take patients to the ward and there's a like a seven story building there and i'll go up like five or six of them to one yep. of them wards that's that's pretty high yeah like do you know what i mean like big ben the Elizabeth Tower that Big Ben is in, um, yeah. the House of Parliament, that is 96 metres high. And that's currently the UK record for women with right. a monothin. Wow. One of these but, days I'd like to be that. I have no idea when it might be, but or if it will be. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to try. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would just love to try and get back out into the water. And <laughs> it is, I mean, it's crazy. And you just, I mean, and also, so for anybody, and I'll put the video in the um, in the show notes, people can watch it too, your uh, last film. But like, and so, because you obviously talk through your free dive record in that. And so when you did that one, and again, the, the feelings, because you said there, there's no panic there's no like you know you get to the bottom you get your tag you turn around at the bottom when you got that did you think at that point was it still just like head clear yeah it has to be yeah it has to be because it's it's the last few meters of the dive the last Mm. 10 15 meters and then doing your surface protocol correctly Mm -hmm. um that you are most likely to come unstuck shall we say yeah so as you're coming back up, the air spaces are expanding. And depending on how long you've spent down at depth, you've been gently using up your oxygen supplies and creating carbon dioxide, which is giving you quite probably quite impressive contractions uh, towards the later stages of the dive. But as everything expands, and especially in those last 10 meters, because it goes from half size to full size from yeah. 10 meters back up to the surface. Um, you can potentially suddenly your brain will be going, where's all the oxygen gone? Because it's mm-hmm. very, when, when everything's compressed, it's very easy for the oxygen to get into the bloodstream. As it expands back out again and you've used a lot of it, suddenly yeah. the brain's going, hello. So we train very specifically on the surface protocol where you have to remove any facial equipment you're wearing. You then give a signal like that. And yeah. then you have to say, I'm okay. And you have to do all of that within 15 seconds of starting to remove your equipment. Yeah. Uh, and you have a total of 30 seconds to do that. So it's we train it very specifically. So it's done by repetition rather than thinking, oh, I'm coming to the surface now and now I have to do it. I mean, it's, it Just becomes pure habit. Uh, pure that's habit. the idea behind the training. And yeah. then after that point... If the judges have decided it's a clean dive and they and you showed them the tag and they've given you the white card, then you celebrate. As you're coming up to the surface, and I've done this, and I know many people do that, you feel this, ooh, and you're like, no, calm it down. Yeah. You're not done yet. The job is not yeah. finished. Celebrate when you've got the white card. So um and so in those big dives, then, because obviously uh, people talk to me and people ask me about because I've put little videos of my contractions when I'm doing my long breath hold. So I did like a four and a half minute like apnea thing the other day. And so I just pretty much set a camera up next to me and my, you know, you could see my whole abdomen contracting and stuff like that. Being down at that 
depth when you come back up. So, I mean, how how long was the dive to 70 76 meter dive. 76. Uh, the 76, which is the deepest one I did in um, 2019. The one on the video you're talking about is 2017. Okay. Um, 76 meters is a three minute dive. I, if I get contractions on the descent, they're generally psychological ones. I don't consider them to be proper ones. It's just my brain kind of going, are you sure you want to go? What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Kind of. Uh, And then I, then I have a little chat with it, which I can't do in the swimming. This is why I don't do free diving distance in the swimming pool, because I don't Mm -hmm. get time to have that chat with my brain going, I'm quite, I'm actually fine. There aren't any major problems. I don't need to turn around. You know, at the moment I feel uncomfortable in the swimming pool, that's it. I've come up. So yeah. I prefer the depth for that reason. Because um, you have to stay down to a certain degree. You've, even well, if you turn around. you've got such a long way to go. You're like, well, can I relax a bit more? Yeah, go on, let's mm-hmm. give it a try, see what happens. And those are the dives that invariably end up actually being much, much nicer because I've actively focused on relaxing even more in them because i've had this little conversation <laughs> with yeah. stressy helena going it's okay you're all right we can turn around if we need to there aren't <laughs> i don't do the puppet movements though i'm trying to <laughs> well, a bit that's more a waste of oxygen. <laughs> it's a waste of oxygen um do you um like what was i going to say there i was going to bring up something about the co2 there um so the, sorry the contractions i do have them on the yeah. way back up they are quite a lot stronger, but I am um, the analogy I said earlier about my warm-up hangs. I'm hanging on a line. Mm-hmm. I feel very safe. I'm I'm doing a breath hold of nearly four minutes. You know, I'm feeling the contractions building, and I'm I'm kind of using the analogy of these aren't my contractions. I'm in I'm in a womb. Yeah, I let them go through me. I was, uh, I was holding onto the line, <laughs> letting the contractions go. Um, I let them go through me. So I'm actually quite good at being relaxed with the contractions. They do obviously get quite strong and they are full on contractions as I'm nearing the end of the dive. Um, if you fight them, you're going to be in trouble. You as you do with a dry hold the, down to the nitty gritty. Some of your listeners might not be ready for it. Um, the peeing thing you know yeah when you do a breath hole as part of the mammalian dive reflex it stimulates um the production of lots more fluids you end up peeing a lot which is as any honest free diver will tell you they end up peeing in the ocean in their wetsuit a lot Sorry, yes i, but, uh, I yeah. find so i found that with me doing my dry stuff because mm-hmm. obviously i spend more time doing this like i went through a stage where my urge to pee on my longer breath holds yeah outdid my urge to breathe so therefore i would need to pee before i would need to breathe so therefore but i couldn't i couldn't i just i had to stop because i can't piss on the floor do you know what i mean like i'm pretty certain i mean i I could blame the dog in the bath (laughs) yeah No, I, yeah, I, I understand that one. And, and if you're doing dry breath holds, you really do need to pee beforehand. Yes, you do. But the weird, the crazy thing is, so when I was doing, um, this was maybe 18 months ago, I guess, and I was doing lots of them and I'd be lying on my bedroom floor doing them. And um, I, like, I'd, I'd go, go as long as, I get, no, I'm going to have to go for a pee. Nah. I'd stop, go and have a pee, come back, go for my next round, 
but my body still go, yep, you're going for pee again. I was like, there's nothing left. How am I needing to pee again? Well, I, I look forward to the day that you get the um, the neoprene um, pee where I now smell my wetsuits, the, the smell of neoprene, and I'm starting to get dressed. I'm thinking, yeah, I really do need to pee already. You know, you put one foot in the water, you're like, yeah, dive reflex yeah. is still strong. You know, all, <laughs> it's like Pavlov's dog. We're all yeah, yeah, yeah. the smell of neoprene, the foot in the water. Yeah, that's it. Game over. Can't can't be helped. Um, yeah. So yeah, hydration is important. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, sort of even. I mean, my time in uh, Cyprus was like also you can't help but you know you're lying in water and sort of relaxing down breathing through but the amount of salty water you get in and around your mouth doesn't half dry you out and like yeah, um, yeah it's uh it's crazy like it's a it's a it's a crazy uh world but it's kind of one of those things where for me and maybe this is i mean this is how i this is my perspective on it and i know i've kind of um spoken and heard other free divers say it type thing but like the that ability to essentially have those contractions whatever else and again mine is mostly dry you know i've done obviously some and hopefully more in the future but it definitely allows me has allowed me to have like a greater window of tolerance for stress and like you say you can't help but you have to be relaxed and that horrible sensation of contractions beginning to kick in telling you that you need to do something when you don't want to or and actually You're being trying. able to relax you're trying and being able to relax relax around it has definitely i feel i mean i've always been relatively laid back but like has helped me be even more so it's quite interesting it's very much the stepping just slightly out of your comfort zone um and in a in a controllable way and how much that actually helps resilience yeah and is i think that's what unfortunately is missing so much today in let's say in the youth not just the youth at all because there's a like i feel even people my age you know yeah. kind of the mid 30s like 40 like there is i mean phones over there but like phones and stuff like the, the attention span the 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 shit people deal with like you know i don't know always needing wanting something else like and and you know things go wrong you start needing to i don't know go shopping or you know find some outlet whatever else yes but that complete lack of resilience of being able to kind of go okay and again this is where i guess buddhism has always been like three and a half thousand years ahead of everyone else but like yeah. you know it's you're gonna suffer like yeah. so suffer you might as well just suffer well do you know what i mean yeah. yeah cope with it as best as possible relax through it breathe through it unless you're holding your breath um yeah. and and yeah get over troubled waters as what's the phrase no, I'm just thinking over rough ground lightly, right rough ground, rough ground lightly, or oil on troubled waters, or whatever. Which is a, always a funny phrase because I thought if you poured oil on water, just and sit on the top, drop to match, they'd just be flamed <laughs> uh, and quite horrifying. But there you go. Uh, that's where my strange mind took that. But um, yeah, no. Going back to something you said earlier about the children and schools and and mm. how valuable. Um, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a point of getting them to trust you and having a reason to for them to listen to what you're saying 
so that they'll take it on board. Um, and I liked what you were saying about the, the, the chap, how he got sort of did exercise and got them. I had a, I was up in the, the oh God, use your words, Helena, you have plenty. <laughs> Scotland, Glasgow, quite a few years ago, 2019, actually. Um, and there was 2020, just before pandemic. The, we yeah. did a weekend at a kind of a summer camp place in Scotland. They do exist. Um, uh, right by Loch Long, I think it was, or somewhere. I can't right. remember. And we had the kids for a whole weekend and... The thing was, it was a it was a different time thing then because I had time with them and I and I did my talk and then we did breathing exercises. But to see them them kind of, there was one girl who absolutely blew me away because we were doing I'd done a talk on breathing and we were doing some exercises and we had like fifteen minutes left and I was like, who's game to give it a try? And she just kind of forty seconds had just gone no nah, kind of and she was very much. Uh, a teenager you were like yeah she's she's not gonna go for it and and her friend stuck up her hand so she went oh yeah all right and I said okay so you've done 40 seconds brilliant don't beat yourself up for that now just see just say okay I've done 40 seconds let's just see where we can go from there and she did it again and she did two and a half minutes wow out of the blue yeah and then, interestingly, when I said, well, how is that? She was like, yeah, well, it's all right, you know, whatever. Completely yeah. brushed it away. And I, and I called her out on it, hopefully in quite a compassionate way, saying, don't do that. These are the little steps that you do every day that make the huge flipping difference. This is the stuff yeah. you look back on and go, I did that. That was really cool. And even if you're not broadcasting it and shouting it to people, which is a can be a bit arrogant to kind of really hold on to that and go actually yes I'm not mm. bad at that and her whole demeanor changed for the rest of the weekend and she she became so much more engaged and so much more and because she did other people did as well yeah. other students did as well and um but it really is I think I think what helps me is when I go into schools and especially schools um I talk about the mental health so I'm yes. very openly vulnerable yeah. and horrifically that connects far more with students than it should do yes and that's, that's devastating I was going to say it's it a, does connect with unfortunately um, that's a very um well I mean that's what's needed I guess is like yeah. for one I think I you know I kind of feel that kids feel completely isolated more and more like you know i saw someone post something that said like social media has brought us closer to people on the other side of the planet but left us further away from the people next to us um and you know that's kind of the case and i think actually a kid who doesn't feel comfortable talking face to face you know they just deal through text and whatever else having someone actually stand in front of them and go I have gone through the worst of the worst and managed to come out the other side and these are the feelings I've had and whatever else suddenly they go no one's ever said that to me in person before like there's actually someone who stood here like flesh and blood and skin and bone who who maybe understands something that I feel um and as you say that then probably leads into okay well maybe doing some of this breath stuff might be there might be something behind it and even if I take do you know what I mean even if 
one of them took one tiny little thing out of it yeah. that they managed to do it would be you know it'd be pretty amazing because um talking about why kids don't do it i don't know why but like there's that help coach so whatever what life coach or jay shetty um yeah. and he's got a book like be more monkish or i don't know something along those lines yes. um but he he in like the first chapter or something like that my wife was i haven't read it my wife was but he basically says in that like when he moved to india to like the shala that he stayed in when he was being a monk you know the the kids the older kids taught the younger kids how to sit and breathe and it was like it was passed on like down and it was like that's so good i mean like because actually kids will probably pick up from other kids better in many ways. And um, I don't know, it just, it fascinated me that yeah. that kind of culture and that kind of place had this whole different take on. Um, Which is so much healthier. Yeah. You know, I, I, I genuinely worried about the levels of, and I, I'm not really a fan of the phrase, but it does sum it up. The, the suicidal ideation, I mm -hmm. think, is a very hidden crisis that's going mm -hmm. on, that the number of not just children um, and to varying degrees of people who are struggling and, and having suicidal thoughts, I think is probably far more prevalent than we actually are remotely aware of. Yeah. And then and then you take into account the fact that half the population has probably been brought up to go, you're a man, you don't uh, talk about that sort of thing. You're expected I mean, that's, to be strong uh, and silent. It's, I mean, it's, and then the crazy thing, we were talking, well, yeah, like before we started about like how things are different between men and women, but like, yeah. you know, you look at that state where men have been told basically to a certain degree, stiff up a lip, just shut your mouth, get on with it. You know, you'll be right. Just, just crack on, go back to work um be a man and and and, and, and the numbers are like are crazy i can't remember what they are now but it's like you know men between is it like 25 and 40 like they're the most you know it's it's outrageous the numbers um but on the same well other side of the same coin you know women getting to, and you know we were talking beforehand about the two previous podcasts one with jamie and one with or a couple of previous podcasts jamie and uh, sally where women's health hormones menopause has all come up you know unless uh more can be done to allow women to actually begin to notice and understand that what they're feeling as they go through those like there's ways and means to help like you not feel quite so crazy and mental because it's completely out but, of your control. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's not like you, you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to be fucking a mental cow for the next like <laughs> six years. Um, I didn't want to be. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, the point you're making is that the, the, the medical world, Western world, uh, has essentially been based on men. Mm -hmm. and, and women are only just beginning to become actually, they're not little men. They are. To, they are in some ways totally different to men so they need medicine they need studies that's just for yeah. them rather than sweeping it under the carpet so yeah there, there are many inequalities in in all walks of life and and yeah it's 
But it's difficult, isn't it, when you look and you've kind of got women who have this huge, I mean, much worse than men, fluctuation in hormones and, and issues from which are going to really drive so many kind of mental, emotional, uh, psychological issues. And then you've got men who are just essentially told to just crack on. And yeah. so both sides are just like, for different reasons, in no one, no one's actually... complete meltdown and not able yeah. to help themselves or know what to do. Yeah. Um, it's it's heartbreaking and horrifying. It's it's, it's and it, and you know and the problem is I find that we technically it seems like more is being said via social media, but unfortunately I find that a lot of it doesn't necessarily isn't for the right reasons. Let's say, and I kind of um, it's just and yeah, it's so bloody hard, really. So it hard. is, um, but you know. If, in its defence, I think um, certainly long COVID, the social mm. media aspect of that is is it has helped um, medical institutions catch up a little bit with what's going on. Um, still bitter that governments weren't talking about nose breathing at the start of the pandemic. But hey, no. Um, no, not at all. I mean, I still don't think they're doing it now, but there you go. Well, I, uh, to be extremely controversial, um, Big Pharma doesn't like the idea of it. So, you know. <laughs> tin for hats, but the tin for, like, we, I've, yeah, it's. Tin for hats and tablets. But, I mean, there was bloody, um, on that note, like about COVID and like, oh, at one point, I, this has been, this is going back 18 months because uh, me and um, Patrick talked about it, but like, um, you know, they were in, they were, doing a drug that was basically nitric oxide that you like sniffed yeah. or you inhaled um to help with covid and you're like just breathe through your nose and hold your breath a little bit yeah yeah so anyway before we get too far down that hole let's um <laughs> i can feel the heat beginning to go i know out. let's uh let's not go too crazy on that one um but let's round it up because unfortunately I can't believe we've done an hour. We've done over an hour. It's over mental. an hour already. I think we um, probably talk for a lot longer as well. <laughs> a lot longer. Like we said at the beginning, uh, we can both talk, it would seem. And my wife will definitely um, uh, clarify that one. But as always, the only real question I ever ask, the podcast is called Move, Breathe, Live. I want to, as a nurse, as a sort of come come that background, I want to try to hopefully help have a podcast which can help people move, breathe and live a happier, healthier life. So have you got any suggestions that we can um, bring to people and hopefully help them move, breathe or live a happier, healthier life? Yes, um, this one is uh, probably geared most towards people who are really struggling with the mental health. But, yeah. you know, actually, I use it rather more than... I would like to admit I do. Um, there are so many tools that you can use to help your mental health, which, you know, the freediving has been great for me because, um, you know, I, I really pay attention to my sleep. I breathe better. I take exercise. Yeah. I get out in nature. You know, all the things I'm doing for my training actually, ironically, happen to be really good for my, for my mental health. Um, there's, it's a bucket load of tools. Yeah. You don't have to do all of them. You just need yeah. to start with one little thing. Um, I, I Many years ago, when I was trying to write a blog, I, I wrote one blog and I titled it, Just Move Your Foot. 
you know, mm-hmm. on the days when you can barely even get out from under the duvet and the idea of brushing your teeth is just yeah, almost impossible, just take that one tiny step out of bed. Then stop, breathe, you know, take your time, but just keep trying to push forwards. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you you there are so many tools and sometimes it, it, it can just be so overwhelming that it makes me turn around and run in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, just pick one thing and focus yeah, yeah. on it. And mm-hmm. if that gets you a little bit further forward, then that's amazing. And that's brilliant. And you kind of celebrate that. Doesn't feel like celebrating, but you celebrate that. So amazing. As little, you said at the beginning, it's, little it's that, it's that thing of like nothing's linear, like it's going to have ups and downs yeah. and rounds and rounds and falls and lifts. And but actually, as you say, like if you can take that one step and then you can like celebrate that one step, then yeah, that's that's as good, you know, as good as you can hope for. And and if you can combine that with nose breathing, you know, you're you're in a good starting place. You really always are, nose so. breathe, always yeah. nose breathing. Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Get it in there. Oh, uh, always get it in there. Jam it in. <laughs> well, Helen, thank you so much for oh, this. It's been, it's been an absolute joy. You. Hopefully, I'll get to come and dive with you at some point. I'd yeah. love to get, to get underwater with you. Um, where, well, where are I, you? I might Ready? be in Cyprus in uh, September. There may be a okay. competition, world championships in Cyprus in September. Um, Amazing. That I may or... In Larnaca? Um, Is it the Freedom Diving ones? I think uh no, that's the October competition. Right. Um, well, let, let me know anyway, because if yeah. I can make it work, then I'd love to um come hang out and uh-huh. maybe go for a little dive. That'd be amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, there there are certainly plans afoot for this year. If I can rob a bank and find the money, I'll be doing all of that. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Well, thank you so much. Um oh, thank you. We'll, it's been a we'll great, end this great and say chat. goodbye off camera. But um thank you all for having a listen. If you want to check Helena out, um, I will put all of her details below. There's there'll be the video there'll be her instagram her website so if you want to go and do some breathing with helena there'll be a link there you can do um and yeah anything else you want to add to any of that or any other sites people can go to um thank you for sticking with us till we're there yet (laughs) amazing exactly thank you all as always and i shall see you all very soon